Hey, you're now tuned in to the I Don't Know Who podcast. Uh, what's good, everybody? Uh, I'm back with another episode of the I Don't Know Who podcast. Uh, it's been a minute since I've gone to record a podcast. I've uh, been doing a lot on the side, really, just maneuvering and doing a bunch of things. Um, this is my first time doing a podcast live, so I appreciate everybody that's tuned in and tapped in um, and watching me talk basketball um i'm going to be going on here live more often to discuss basketball and to record my live podcast as well as go on live and interact with you guys on tiktok more often um just finding a new platform to put my podcast out there to branch out to y'all that's wanting to tap in and listen um we're gonna get right into it though we're gonna get right into it though um a lot has happened and basketball games just got done wrapped up um the season's just about done now um seating's already been established and everything uh, everybody's done played their game for seating and everything um i'm gonna give y'all some of my uh, playing predictions as well as tell y'all who i think is going to be the mvp of the league and stuff like that um for the play-in i got the lakers winning as y'all can see big laker fan here um I don't see why the Lakers can't win out against the Pelicans. Um, the Pelicans aren't that strong of a team. And without Zion, we should be able to manage. Now, there's concerns that I'll talk about for the Lakers in a later time frame for the podcast. But for this purpose, like I really think like, the play is like, not a problem for LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, they should get the job done. If not for the 7th seed, they should for sure do it for the 8th seed. Or I'm going to be really upset as a fan. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be coming at this podcast with a different energy if they can't do that. So, um, I hope that my Lakers can get the job done and hold that seven seed at least. So we get a better matchup, uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies and John Moran. Um, I do think the Pelicans can win out and beat the Timberwolves though for that final AC spot. I know we just watched the Timberwolves beat them, but they're going to go to Smoothing King and there's no answer in Minnesota for Brandon Ingram. So I'm gonna just double down on the fact that I think Ingram can answer that call. Uh, even despite the fact that they probably won't beat us, in my opinion, uh, I think that through in the long run that uh, they'll get the final spot in the playoffs. Um, out East, I got Miami securing the seventh seed. Uh, Miami uh, has had an up and down season. Um, a lot of injuries and just players getting older. They were a veteran team throughout the, the the course of the tens after the LeBron departure. And it's kind of just showing face that the experiment down in Miami is winding down and the father time is clocking in for them for the most part, but I think they will answer the call and secure a playoff spot. I think they'll secure the seventh seed. And then I think the Raptors, actually, I got the Raptors beating the Hawks. Um, I'm not a fan of what they do with Atlanta at all. I think it's a lot of regurgitated mess that has been replicated in this era where they've tried to find answers through one guard and Trey Young. Um, and then they tried to split it in 50-50 ball with him and DeJounte Murray, kind of like how James Harding and Chris Paul had the experiment or like the James Harding-Westbrook experiment. Um, the Hawks just don't have good enough personnel for me, in my opinion, um, to hold that last spot. Um, 
I'm not sure if guys like John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, I'm not sure if these guys are going to be able to show up when it really matters. So this is the reason why I got them not doing anything. And I got the Raptors going up all ahead of them for that A spot. Uh, anything happened though, so we can only see. Um, next, I'm going to predict the MVPs or the awards. I'm sorry, the awards um, in the NBA. Um, this debate's always controversial because so many people have like so many different like viewpoints as to like where who should be MVP and where somebody should be ranked and things of that nature. Um, uh, it's hard for me to choose because Jokic just had a crazy season. Like this is not me trying to be one of those guys that are like xenophobic or anti whatever. Like, it's not a propaganda here. Jokic is a very good basketball player. He had a really spectacular season, and this is probably the best season Jokic has had as a pro, despite winning two other MVPs. So he's rightfully and deservingly willing to be in this conversation. Like, if he wins it, I'm not mad as a viewer at all. Uh, I would congratulate him and hope that he can continue to see the most success. Um, however... I do think that Giannis had a better season just of the fact that they're like they won more games. They were the best team in the NBA. Giannis is probably the best defender in the NBA. You can't stop Giannis from getting 40, 15, and 5 if he wants to. Just the impact that he has on both sides of the court. He's really the Bucks engine on offense and he's the Bucks X Factor on defense. The Bucks have been the best team in the NBA. They established themselves at that despite the fact that the Celtics got off to a crazy hot start and looked to continue the momentum of being the best team in the Eastern Conference. All of these things were piled onto Giannis's shoulders and he went to go answer the call and execute. Um, so a lot of these reasons are the reasons why I think Giannis is just MVP of the league. I think Giannis proved this season that he's more than deserving of being flowered as championed as the best player in the league um Embiid obviously should be in this conversation as well though um Embiid's somebody who should also be mentioned in the mix of things as well and as well as Donovan Mitchell I know we're not gonna give Donovan Mitchell his flowers but hey the kid has 70 points the Cavs won 50 games for a first time in a long time there's a lot of reason to celebrate in Cleveland now Donovan Mitchell went there and answered the call we saw what happened to the Jazz without Donovan Mitchell. We saw the player, Rudy Gobert, is truly without Donovan Mitchell. So we see the greatness in Donovan Mitchell and he should be paraded for that. As somebody who loved to watch Cleveland basketball this year, Donovan Mitchell not being a top five candidate for MVP is kind of crazy, but I mean, I'll digress. He's somebody that I would consider as a candidate too, even though I got Giannis winning the award. Um, my deep point selection is Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, Bam Adebayo can also be somebody considered for this award as well. Um, but I think Jaron Jackson Jr. came off of injury and just reminded everybody that he is a defensive demigod and that when he's not fouling a lot, he truly is a sensational prospect. And um, yeah, it's just he can do anything. Switch out to the perimeter, protect the rim for you, guard your most skilled big and switch on to your most skilled guard. Much like how Bam Adebayo can. Um, I'm pretty sure he's leading the league in stocks. Um, steals and 
steals and blocks. It's just something that Jaron Jackson Jr. is always going to put on the box score on a night-to-night -night basis. Um, I think that's my safe deep point pick. Uh, sixth man of the year, I got Norman Powell winning that. Uh, I think that's not even close. Norman Powell has really done an excellent job off the bench. Really just taking control of games. Um, Clippers are a very streaky team, so a lot of what Norman Powell does for the second unit gives them discipline. Uh, I really like Norman Powell as a basketball player, and just the fact that he's really solidified himself into this role has been a thing to watch. Um, he's more than willing for the award. Uh, most Improved, I got Jalen Brunson winning the award. Jalen Brunson for Most Improved is kind of like almost a given to me. Um, but, like, there's other people that are, like, obviously in uh, consideration for the award. People like, I mean, I guess you could give it to Shy again. He went to go get 30. Like, I, I'm not sure who else you would give the most improved award to, though, to be honest with you. Rookie of the year, I got Paolo. I think that's without discussion. Shout out Jalen Williams, though. He had an exceptional rookie season and stuff like that. Um, shout out Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray's a bucket. He's nice, and he's in the playoffs, so he can be a name that's considered for this award as well. Um, knockdown shooter with size. He's going to have a long career in this league. I like Keegan Murray's game, but I think Paolo got it. Which is with the size, the way he entered in the league, dominating, averaging 20 off rip. Uh, his size and athleticism is unmatched, even in a grown man's league. So I just think that that award is about as good as his. Um, for my all NBA team choices, this one's going to be a little bit more so like controversial. Um, you could really throw in a lot of guys this year for all nba team selections and i wouldn't be mad at it um for the first team all nba though i went to go put john morant and donovan mitchell as my guards for first team steph didn't play enough games so i don't think he's gonna make first team or else he would be my first team guard probably over john morant um uh, i think donovan mitchell clocked in enough games to solidify himself as first team though so those are my guards um uh, with tatum Giannis, and Jokic. Rounding up the front court for my first team. Second team, I got Stephen Garland. Um, and then for the front court, I got Jalen Brown, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid. Third team, I got James Harden, De'Aaron Fox. And then to round that up, I got Jaron Jackson Jr., Julius Randle, and DeMontis Sabonis. Shout out to the guys that like Bam Adebayo, Drew Holiday, Paul George, and Really, I know y'all sleep, but Mikael Bridges has been really nice since he touched down Brooklyn, bro. If Mikael Bridges made All-NBA, I wouldn't be mad at it, bro. Mikael can get his game off, bro. He really can. And it's showing when he's able to have an offense that's more focused on his talents and what he can do in his development. I know he like 27, but he's a five-year player in the year's league, so still nonetheless like still time for him to grow a little bit and find his niche as a basketball player and it's good seeing him get a groove of things as a shot creator um so that's probably been the most interesting thing that i've gotten a chance to witness um as a basketball viewer for real um those are my predictions for all nba though and then i had um wanted to discuss about the dallas mavericks and their future um, I'm not entirely sure what's next for Dallas. Um, if I was the Mavericks, 
obviously the Kyrie thing didn't work and I don't think they're gonna get Kyrie back for an extension after what just happened um Kyrie didn't play the last two games Luka Doncic decided to just like clock out a game so I don't think that duo is gonna see much more basketball together um at all uh, it was really interesting because before the trade Dallas was top five in the west I came on my podcast and put them as a top 10 team in the NBA, like the entire NBA. So it wasn't just like, it wasn't like Dallas was always like this. It wasn't like Luka Doncic literally like always had this like slate throughout the season where the Mavericks were just underwhelming and underachieving. Like they had started off as underachievers, but they were getting to the groove of things again. And I think the loss of Dorian Finney-Smith was bigger than what people realized. I think this era is going to be like the era where we understand that like defense is really a valuable asset on teams because as soon as the Mavericks just packed up defense for a superstar, they sucked. Like they were like not good at all. Like it went from the narratives went from being like Jason Kidd can like coach up a defense and this Mavericks team was unique and where's Luka Doncic gonna be in all-time rankings because he made a conference finals at such a young age so now we're having the dialogue of who is Luka Doncic as a player and what is what is it that's not gonna push him to the next level why is it that he's not making the play in not even the play off the play in it like a pivotal prime of his career it's just a lot of questions that like Dallas now has to look towards and like answer. It's kind of like, just like a weird fixation that I had. It's just like, what happened? Like, is it really just the fact that they lost defensive pieces? Is it the fact that the roster construction wasn't there? Or is it truly the two superstars are just not who we think they are? Like, is Luka Doncic really at, like not as good as we say he is? Is Luka Doncic for sure better than Jason Tatum, for example? Because we know what we said about Jason Tatum. And we know how we felt about Jason Tatum and his performance in the finals. So if Jason Tatum could stink up the joint like that, then what is our true opinions and what what is it as viewers that we should... Well, how should we view Luka Doncic? How should we view Luka basketball? Because he didn't make the playoffs now twice in his career. We've compared him to all-time greats. We put him in all-time categories. He has all-time statistics. And now he's just had to fulfill the all-time player role and do all-time player stuff winning wise and not making the play in is crazy because like he's 24 so it's not like an age thing he played a lot of games so it's not like he didn't clock in it's kind of just like a weird like how, how should we feel about him? How should we feel about Luka Doncic? Should we hold him more accountable for not playing defense every single possession he can? Should we hold him more accountable for being lackadaisical away from the ball and not engaging himself in plays when he doesn't have the ball in his hands? We know Luka's skill set and his talents, but are these faults in his game what evidently led to the Dallas downfall is more so what I'm wondering or is it really just a roster construction thing and is Mark Cuban really just that bad because it was a bad trade nonetheless knowing that your team was already 20th in defense you decided to get your defense to try and build your offense because the only reason why you would go get Kyrie is because you think you need an offensive guard presence 
And despite having Spencer Dinwiddie play the best brand of basketball he played in the last like three, four seasons for you guys, decided to just move on. So there's a lot of questions that need to be answered in Dallas, to be honest. Um, also wanted to just talk about my Lakers for a little bit. I was gonna tap into it earlier about where are we at? Are we pretenders or contenders? Um, I touched on a little bit earlier about the faults with the Lakers and how some of our weaknesses can ultimately hinder us as a team. Um, I like the changes that we made to the roster first and foremost. I just want to say that the roster's changes helped tremendously. Um, the Lakers no longer are a team that like can't shoot none no more, which should help us out come postseason time. Um, not that our shooters are like the most efficient on a night-to-night basis, but nonetheless, they oppose threats, and that gives Anthony Davis, LeBron James more space to create. Um, honestly, it really depends. Our X-Factor player is really Vanderbilt and Troy Brown um, because our point of attack defense just hasn't been good throughout the entire season. And um, we have to stop these guards. We have to stop John Morant. We have to stop Jamal Murray. We have to stop De'Aaron Fox. We have to stop... Devin Booker, we have to stop hell, even Westbrook and Powell. Like we just have to be able to get stops. So uh like our wing defenders are really gonna be pivotal going forward if we wanna like really like go out of our way to make a run in the playoffs. It's gonna take more than just LeBron James thirty points. It's gonna take more than Andy Davis ten rebounds and two blocks with twenty. We need Engagement from eight guys on the court at all times on both ends in order for us to truly do it. D-Lo cannot be inconsistent. I can't have a good D-Lo game and a bad D-Lo game coming into any of these series. Especially since we're probably going to be seventh. So we're probably going to see John Morant. I can't have D'Angelo Russell do what he did against John Morant last year. I saw it happen. I'm letting you know right now. If it happens again, I'm going to come on the podcast and talk my talk because he cannot go out like that ever again. Like, not on this team. I saw what he did in Minnesota last year against John Morant. That cannot happen again. I need D-Lo to clock in and be engaged as much as possible defensively. I know the knees don't slide like how they used to. But you, nonetheless, you got you to gotta hold and contain John Morant some possessions and you got to get stops. So I need D'Angelo to be engaged as possible on both ends consistently i need jared vanderbilt to engage himself in the offense and focus on knocking down the shots uh, don't be scared to, and don't turn them away you're not going to get 30 minutes by turning down shots you're not going to get 30 minutes by uh negating the fact that you got to create an offense as well as a basketball player so if vanderbilt can offer us a little bit of more offensive presence we can then establish ourselves in this series where Anthony Davis should have fun because there's no Brandon Clark, no Adams, not a lot of size out there for Memphis to throw out aside from Jackson Jr. and Tillman in playoff moments. Anthony Davis should cook. It should be an Anthony Davis series for sure. If not an Anthony Davis series, it should be a LeBron James dominated inside series. So either way, we have our advantages too, but there's a lot of disadvantages as well that can get exploited easily. So in order for the Lakers to even do anything, everybody just got to be on the same page. 
we can't play like how we just played today. I listen to that right now. The Jazz got like 80 point points. We cannot let nobody walk into that paint. I don't want to see John Morant walk into the paint every other possession and either doing a look pass away to Tillman or or, or corner pass to Dylan Brooks' weak self for the tread ball. I don't want to see people walk into that paint, bro. I want that paint locked in for 48 minutes as much as possible. That's what we brought Vanderbilt. That's what we brought Vanderbilt for. That's what the size and Rui Hachimura and Mobamba and them were for. I'm not sure if Mobamba's gonna play this series. I, I think he might not even play the rest of the season, but nonetheless, like this is what we brought in the other players for. Size and to establish a paint presence on both ends. So it's gotta be executed in real time if we wanna go out and push for it. What do I think is gonna happen? I'm think we're going to be first round exits. I got Memphis beating us in like five, but hopefully we can we we can change that though. Like I'm not confident in any team out west, bro. I've never been the entire season. The West has been mid to me all season long and it still is, bro. I have no faith in what they do out the west. Uh so yeah. Uh who makes it out of each conference uh in the west? I really don't know. Uh, the Western Conference is just so, like, I can't tell you. My bet is going to be Denver, though. Like I said, I think Jokic is having the best season of his career, so I don't see why it wouldn't be him. Um, I'm, Denver is about as deep as they have ever been as well. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., when they're healthy, help the situation at hand so I, I got them and then in the eastern conference uh, I'm, I, it's between Giannis and the Bucks and then the Celtics I'd probably say the Celtics I'm a little bit more confident in what they can do in both ends Milwaukee's just not consistent enough offensively for me to think that they can beat Boston in a seven game series and I think that's just going to be the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's my take on all that. Um, this was fun, though. This was fun. This was a fun podcast. Um, going to be back doing this on TikTok more often. I appreciate everybody that's viewing. <laughs> Shout out Fisher for I see you out there. Um, it's a cool podcast. I uh, appreciate everybody that tapped in and joined. Um, going to start bringing them live more often. Spit real, y'all.